Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Greetings and salutations, everybody. Greetings and salutations. It is I, Scott Pianowski, welcoming you back to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast Presented by Planters. Those guys satisfy your snack cravings over 100 years now. I'm going to be talking football with Dalton Del Don today and you know, talking about Planters and being satisfied. You know what satisfied me today? We're taping on a Wednesday afternoon or I guess early Wednesday evening. We had Wednesday afternoon football. We had a Ravens uh, Steelers slobber knocker, a little bit ugly. We had a Hollywood Brown sighting. So I, maybe he gets his nickname back for a week. And, um, Maybe a little bit of a, of a dicey cover for the Ravens on the heels of a really exciting but unusual cover on Monday night between the Seahawks and Eagles. But, you know, football, we get to embrace the weird in 2020. We can have football games on any day of the week. They're actually going to have a football game on a Friday later this year. So we'll hit for the cycle in the NFL. Uh, both the Ravens and Steelers are playing at unusual times next week. I, I'm just going to embrace the weird, man. It's a weird season, and let's just try to make the most of it. Love it, Pino. I'm satisfied myself to be back. It's been a couple weeks. Uh, thanks to Frank Schwab for stepping in for a family emergency I was dealing with a couple weeks ago. Then we had Thanksgiving last week. So, And I'm a degenerate, man. I'm with you. I, I don't care if it was poor quality on the field. Wednesday afternoon, the middle of the day for me, NFL, I'm in, of course. So uh, that was not the, the a classic, I, I would call it, but uh, Trace McSorley, backdoor cover late. Uh, I have the Steelers in a lot of uh, fantasy defense in a lot of leagues. So I was uh, actually really into this game. But um, yeah, football 2020. What a wild time. And it was nice to have the gravitas of Tariko and Collinsworth. Yeah, um, yeah. The NBC Definitely. production is always first rate. Um, so uh, props props to those guys. At least they made the game watchable. And and Brown's touchdown late you know, made it interesting for different things. You know, we in staff picks, that line was five. <laughs> when we didn't know the Ravens would be missing half of their roster or whatever it was. And I I'd just been assuming I had Baltimore. I thought they would show up in a game they needed. And obviously once their roster was dead, I'm like, I just thought that was going to be a loss. And the fact that I could get a push out of that (laughs) felt like a win to me. No doubt. Yeah. RG three. I mean, obviously benefited from the short uh, field on that one TD drive, but then again, was scoreless at that fiasco at the end of the half kind of evened out. Benny Snell, Truck and Marcus Peters, uh, really an inefficient day for Roethlisberger. It's kind of a, really all year they're undefeated, but the passing offense just feels not quite there. Dante Johnson, 13 targets, didn't even get 50 receiving yards. So, you know, the, the classic defensive battle in this division, like many come to expect, you know, a game that didn't feature a lot of scoring. I mean, it wasn't a lot of Chase Claypool either. Did we learn anything? I, pecking order of the Steelers receivers. Do we know anything that we didn't know before about Benny Snell? 
Um, would you have the the nerve to play Hollywood Brown? It's, it's just so funny. He finally makes a big play with the third string quarterback who was forced into the game after Robert Griffin III was, was hobbling, beaten up pretty much most of the game, and then he couldn't go in the fourth quarter. Is there a takeaway? I, I'm still trying to figure out. Maybe we could start with this. How do you handicap the receivers for Steelers every week? I feel like they're pretty closely lumped together, and I don't have great answers on which one is the guy to go to. Yeah, right or wrong, and I haven't even really been looking at matchups unless there's some drastic slot cover corner for Juju. I've been going Deontay, number one, just because of the targets. Claypool, number two, because of the upside and the TDs. And Juju, third, even though he might have the highest floor, it's just I think he also has the, the, the lowest ceiling because of it. Even though he's scoring here, his average depth of target is so much lower. I've been having him third, but they're all close, and I could you know see the argument either way. One, one takeaway I will say is Eric Ebron's 11 targets, and in a, a tight end position is so weak right now, that makes him an automatic start moving forward. And Benny Snell is the clear clear backup, not McFarlane, who I thought, you know, I thought it was at least a chance that McFarlane overtook that role. And uh, it's definitely Snell, you know, Connor is, is a cancer survivor. So his, his status definitely needs to be you know, extra careful moving forward. I want to mention, by the way, we're not going to handicap the, the Pittsburgh WFT or Baltimore-Dallas games because there's no lines out as we speak. Uh, Baltimore is playing on Tuesday. Pittsburgh and WFT is the Monday Matinee. I guess the uh, the undercard, yeah. right? Yeah, the matinee yeah. game. So the, the, both these teams will be playing on unusual days again. But, you know, Pittsburgh, did, did they strike you as a – do you feel confident they're going to the Super Bowl? Doesn't everybody kind of think that Kansas City is the best team in football? And, and I don't know. The Steelers, they're undefeated. They just don't feel like it. They feel like they should be 9-3 and three or 8-4 and four to me. Yeah, they were my long, they were my long shot, but I went in on Pittsburgh before the year at 22 to one, proving that once again, I'm real good at getting these future uh, bets that are close to winning because I don't think they are going to win the Super Bowl. I I think the Chiefs easily should be ranked ahead of them now in any power ranking system. Um, But uh, something's wrong with Roethlisberger just doesn't quite look uh, totally there. And yeah, they can't run the ball. Uh, One interesting note is they are, as far as pass, uh, they're, they're a, Top three as far as pass rate. They are not messing around with the run. And 6.8 yards per attempt is still better than 5.2 yards per carry. And this defense is legit. That was a wild stat that they flashed. No team has ever finished first in sacks, turnovers, and fewest points per game allowed ever in NFL history. And right now, that's the Steelers' uh, triple crown. They they own all three. So, uh, yeah, their defense is clearly legit. But, no, I, I do not think they're the favorite. I mean, I think I would easily pick Kansas City right now. If you told me a defense led the league and all those things, I'd be like, oh, what did they play Carson Wentz five times? I mean, you know, piling up with the stats against those guys. And yes, we will play America's favorite game, NFC East odds later in the show. And if you want to get in the game, how about uh, checking out our friends at BetMGM who have a deal going on right now. New users get a $25 bonus upon registration. There's no deposit required. You can use it immediately. And you also receive a 100% Deposit match up to $1,000 with that first deposit. You sign up at betmgm.com slash yahoo. Make sure you use the promo code sportsbook, one word, S-P-O-R-T-S-B-O-O-K. When you make that first deposit, promo valid to new users in New Jersey, West Virginia, Indiana, Tennessee, or Colorado. Must be 21 years or older. And terms apply. Okay, Dalton, let's get to it. No Thursday game this week, so we have a few days to sort out our fantasy rosters and check out odds we like, and then we get into the Sunday card. Mitch Trubisky's back. Garbage time. Uh, pretty pretty good game if you had Allen Robinson or David Montgomery. Even Mitch put up the numbers, but they did get trucked 
by Green Bay in the Sunday night game. Now they're at home and they're favored over the Lions in the post-Patricia era. Chicago spotting three over at Bet MGM. The total is 43 and a half. Which way are you leaning on this one? I like the Bears here, but don't love them. A fear of that dead cat bounce with the Lions. We've seen it with not just the Texans offense, but the Falcons keep winning since their coaching change. But still, this is such a tough setup for Detroit. It looks like no Kenny Galladay again. Uh, maybe they'll get swift back. But traveling outdoors to Chicago um, again, I you know I love love the coaching switch. I think it's going to help them. But immediately, that's a, that's a tough setup this week. So so give me Chicago. Yeah, I think I'm leaning Detroit. And to me, what I think a dead cat bounce symbolizes sometimes the idea that you fire a coach and then a team that looked totally DOA starts to play better is now there can be no more excuses, right? I mean, when things would go wrong in Detroit, there could be this understood current with everybody that, oh, yeah, well, you know, the coaches look at the culture, look at the way he's disrespecting the players, you know, look, look at the pencil behind his ear. It becomes a very convenient excuse. That excuse is out the, is out the window now. That excuse is no longer in the building at least Detroit gets the extra prep time. I mean, if you're going to fire a coach in season, there's really only two times to do it. You do it during your bye week or you do it during like one of those mini bye weeks, which a Thursday game affords you. I don't think they're going to get Galladay back the rest of the season. They just have to live with this. But I'm leaning Detroit. It's a divisional game. They've been in Chicago every year, so it's not like it's an unusual trip for them or anything. Chicago knows their season's pretty much dead, too. I guess my one hesitation would be that the best unit on the field is going to be the Bears defense. So that makes me concerned. But I think we'll see. Look, it's so crushing to lose on the Lions. All right. I, I, and I, I want to get into a, maybe a philosophical talk about that is you know, betting on bad teams. Right. I, I'm always going to shade towards underdogs. And it means I was betting on Matt Patricia sometimes. I was betting on Adam Gase sometimes. I was watching Anthony Lynn screw up an end game against Buffalo. Not that the Chargers were always the right side in that game because maybe they weren't. But I'm an underdog player by rote it's just kind of my philosophy and handicapping and that means sometimes i get stuck with the detroit lions i'm with you i'm I'm, typically i do default to uh to the dogs as well and it's frustrating when you're you know have money against patrick mahomes is of the world um no no doubt about it uh it is it's it's tough and the the coaching might even be the most frustrating is is having backing the poor coaching and anthony lynn last week uh was a very prime Good example. I'm curious if David Montgomery, I've been burying him in my ranks compared to ECR, and he looked good last week, and now he has a home matchup against a team that's allowed the most fantasy points to uh, to running backs. I'm curious if he can have another good game. That was actually the best PPR game of Montgomery's career. I He's only cracked it. the 20-point barrier four times. Now, look, I mean, it's a week where Tyreek Hill went crazy, and Derrick Henry is, is on a roll right now, so maybe Montgomery got lost in the shuffle. On a couple of my DFS lineups, I didn't make a roster for the early games. It was just with all the news changing and everything. I just said, you know, I'm just going to play the later games. And so I had a lot of Montgomery as a forced play. It wasn't anything proactive. I was just looking for anybody who made sense. He fit the the price. And so I feel very lucky that I, I fell into his game. Uh, talking about teams you don't want to bet on. Who wants to bet on the Cincinnati Bengals? Well, what if I gave you 11 and a half points? They're at Miami. Not sure yet who the Miami quarterback is. I think they're in a tough spot. I think they're better today with Fitzpatrick. Their long-term upside is obviously tied to Tua. Uh, they're 11 and a half point favorites over the Bengals. The total is very low, 42 and a half. Which way are you leaning Bengals-Dolphins? I'm taking the points here, but this is crazy. I believe the Dolphins have the third best point differential in the NFL. Um, I worry Tua is going to start this game, though, and the Bengals will ugly it up. And uh, I don't think the Dolphins are quite a good enough team to, to to lay double digits and feel too confident. But sneaky good defense, and if Fitzpatrick plays, I mean, wouldn't be shocked. So hold my nose and take the points. 
Yeah, I'm hoping I, I was able to get Chris List to push back our staff picks yeah. today, and, and I'm hoping to maybe have some clarity on the quarterback situation. Because for me, if Tua plays, that's the difference. I, I just think Miami doesn't, they don't want Tua to run the whole playbook yet. Notice all the skill players have been better with Fitzpatrick. If I have Devontae Parker shares or if, I, if I'm tied to Kaseki, I think you really want Fitzpatrick back there. Look at that backfield. What a mess, right? Gaskin's been hurt, and then Ahmed was good for a minute, he got hurt. I actually played Patrick Laird on, on a team last week where I was desperate. I was choosing between him and Edo Smith, and obviously I chose that wrong. So it's hard to know what's you know, where the ball's going to go in, in the Miami backfield. And it's right now with Tua, I feel like he's a game manager. Miami, this is a game where they could probably win just by not screwing up, let the Bengals lose the game to you. So it's, it's in my DNA to take double-digit points when you give them to me, but I have nothing good to say about the Cincinnati offense. They're on ostensibly a third-string quarterback. Their offensive line is terrible. And it went from a team where I was happy to play Boyd every week, happy to play Higgins. Yeah. I'd play either one of their backs, Mixon or Bernard. Even Sample I was considering in deeper leagues for a while. I know he had a, he had a decent game last week. But I think this, even though I'm going to take the points, just because I feel like double-digit points in the NFL is just hard to, to spot, as a favorite, I, I can't say anything good about the Bengals' offense right now. Totally. Brandon Allen crushes all of their fantasy values. I don't feel good backing them. But it seems to me that the they seem to Miami seems determined to go with Tua if he's available. And, yeah, obviously I'd rather Herbert right now. But this is no shot at Tua long-term. Maybe he develops into a great, you know, a star. But right now he does, it looks like a downgrade than Ryan Fitzpatrick. So, to me, the quarterback, who starts at quarterback is, uh, is key here. But I, I would... Uh, if you had to pick now, I'd take the points. What would you do? If you were the Dolphins, would you say, hey, making the playoffs is big for this franchise. Let's take a step forward. Let's ride it out with Fitzpatrick for a while until he at least does something wrong. Or would you say, no, wait a minute. We got to be championship driven. We got to find out if two is a franchise guy. The moment he's healthy, he should be playing. Which way would you side on that? Well, I get that you want to audition to know, but it doesn't look like they're going to have an early. Well, do they have other people's picks next year? Houston. So, okay, Houston so they will pick, have right? it early. So that is a problem. So you want to know what you have in Tua because I have no problem with, you know, immediately. Josh Rosen, move on the next year, Kyler Murray. I, mm -hmm. I get it. I like that. But there's no Tom Brady on the Pats this year. This, this NFL is wide open. I, I think, like I said, the point differential – I would go with Fitzpatrick and try to win games is, is what I would do if I were running the Dolphins right now. And maybe that's short-sighted. What do you think, Pino? Yeah, I – until – and this is the way coaches a lot of times do it. This is going to kind of sound like the cheap way out. But until there was an obvious reason to go back to Tua, I would just play Fitzpatrick. Whether you know, Fitzpatrick had a poor game, whether he got dinged up himself, you, you just use the excuse of making sure Tua is 100% before you switch or wait till Fitzpatrick has a bad game. Um the, the franchise has been so down for such a long time. I know they had one playoff appearance with Adam Gase, but I, I think maybe going to the playoffs would be a win for them and could be seen as a step before they take the, the next step, which is to be a legitimate contender. Nobody thinks they're going to win the AFC, even if they go to the playoffs. But I, I think Fitzpatrick has earned the right to play a little bit longer. Let's talk about the Colts and the Texans and two really difficult teams to figure out right now. The Colts spread the ball around so much. You never really know where it's going. Houston just lost Will Fuller, who was having a dynamite season. PD suspension. He's done a, pending some some last second appeal that I don't I don't know is available to him. He's not going to play again this year. The Colts on the road are three and a half point favorites at Bet MGM. It's a 51.5 total. What do you make of the Colts and Texans? I took the points here, especially because it was a three and a half, but I could see, uh, I, I don't know, obviously losing Fuller Hurts and, and Houston has really bad defense and shaky coaching. Uh, this is a stay away for me here. Yeah, I'm not going to put a nickel on this game. Shout out to Deshaun Watson, who with everything going wrong around him, he's had a terrific season, but they don't have a oh, replacement yeah. for Fuller. 
I mean, you know, Kiki Cutie is a nice slot player. They have some tight ends with with talent, although I, I'm still smarting from those two touchdowns Aikens could have scored on Thanksgiving. Uh, he ended up with no touchdown. Even a four-yard running play didn't make me feel better. I uh, I was flushing some points there. And, you know, the Colts, three-headed backfield if they get Taylor back. We thought they'd have a great offensive line. They're below league average in, in adjusted line yards, the football outsider stat. You would think they have a really good schedule coming up. They get the Texans this week, and then they play them again in two weeks. You would think, oh, you know, this is open season for Jonathan Taylor or, or maybe for Naheem Hines or maybe for, for Wilkins or maybe there's just no right answer here. I, I want Michael Pittman to be a thing. He cut all three of his targets two weeks ago. Last week he gets nine targets, only two catches. I They have three tight ends who touch the ball in Indianapolis. I, I don't really know where the ball's going. I'm going to take Houston just because they're a home dog and they're past the, the standard three there, but – um, the Colts frustrate me. And, and look, to make matters, just when you thought the Colts were as fantasy frustrating as possible, now Jacoby Brissett is becoming yeah, their goal I line know. package guy. Yeah. And look, the, the plays are working. I can see why they're going to keep rolling that out there. So I don't know how you can really, if I were to prop anything on, if I were to go over to BetMGM and the player props aren't up yet, but if I were to go and prop anything, I'd be going against Colts props because you don't know anybody could end up with 23 yards. Yeah, Houston's coming off the extra rest. Watson's so good, and Rivers is banged up. But the Colts are coming off a stinker, and their A game. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, did work against this uh, Houston defense. But it's a great point for fantasy, man. Brissett coming in. I mean, that is a cheat code. The, the quarterback sneaking is frustrating when you're rooting for a team that can't get those couple feet. Um, but Brissett, yeah, it looks like that's going to be a thing. So another obstacle for Jonathan Taylor to overcome. Uh, yeah, it's been a frustrating year for the rookie. And I still believe in Michael Pittman moving forward. I see Hilton finally reach the end zone. But I would be surprised if Pittman has a nice game here. Not only did Houston lose Fuller, but Bradley Roby, one of the few defenders playing well, and he's, he's suspended as well. Is there one skill player that you think might step up? with? They, they have no direct um, replacement for Fuller. They don't have a field stretching guy who they're going to activate. But is there somebody on that roster you're like, okay, this is a guy I can play now that maybe I couldn't play before? I mean, you said Kiki Kuti and also Akins. They say is going to line up out of the slot now. I know it was such a frustrating uh, week last last week and on Thanksgiving, but uh, tight end is a, a total land landmine uh, after the top six or eight or whatever. He's an option, the right matchup possible. And I'd say my main takeaway is Cooks is now a top fifteen type guy with his target share. Totally on board with that. Well, I talked about the agony of being an underdog player and that means sometimes you have to take teams like the jacksonville jaguars they're catching 10 points at minnesota and the total in that game is 51 and a half sounds like mike glennon who to be fair was competent in the browns game they easily could have won they they hung with cleveland they certainly got the easy ticket at the window are you confident that Glennon and company can hang with what you would think is a much better Minnesota team on the road? I am not confident, but I am taking the points here just because Minnesota is such a such a weird team. Jacksonville's funny. I like to maybe Chenault, maybe Cole is the cheap DFS option. Nope, it's Colin Johnson with the big catch. Uh, but yeah, Glennon was fine. James Robinson continues to impress. Um, a lot of points. Uh, Dalvin Cook banged up, but I don't know. Minnesota is just so weird. I mean, obviously the back-to-back defensive scores last week with the same player. So odd. But um, Cousins, man, at home, getting it done quietly, both fantasy and in real life. Uh, that was without Adam Thielen last week, too, and he's expected to return. So this is another stay away for me. It seems like about the right spread, and the Vikings are such a weird team. If we get clarity that Irv Smith isn't going, I want you to yes, Rudolph, yeah. start Rudolph. I want you to DFS Rudolph. I want you to find out what his yardage prop is, if it's available, and go with that. Even like a Minnesota first touchdown. You can bet that at MGM, the first touchdown of a game. I think Rudolph has touchdown equity as well. It's all 
incumbent that Smith doesn't play because once Smith is on the field, I think that stuff all goes out the window. But I mean, what, seven or eight targets last week? I think in six or seven oh, catches. Yeah. I mean, that's in, in 2020, those are Tony Gonzalez numbers at the tight end position. But uh, I'm with you, double-digit points. Glenn looked okay. I would think he takes a step back here, but too many points to spot with a Minnesota team I'm not in love with. And, and let's just give it up for James Robinson, man. He is... You, you can quibble about who's been the most important guy to land on this year. You know, I mean, maybe it was finding a first-round pick who panned out like Dalvin Cook, you know, who's obviously in this game. But wherever you got Robinson, you may have drafted him late. You might have gotten him with some of your fab money. You might have gotten him for, for nothing. He's good every week. He doesn't matter if the quarterback stinks. It doesn't matter if the game's a blowout. He stays on the field. He catches the ball. I mean, he, he's just been unbelievable. Oh, and he's the only running back that steps on the field for Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah it's so impressive. Uh, DFS players have an interesting choice this week, paying up at running back with Dalvin Cook versus Henry. Kind of like Cook coming off a down game, but he might be banged up there and just half-point PPR in Yahoo. Uh, how can Henry just keep it going in the second half? So that, that's an interesting choice for me. And obviously, Jacksonville has so many defenders seemingly put on IR each week. Uh, this game could, you know, just the game script really good for Cook, but that also could result in Madison as a sneaky flex here if you try to rest Cook and this game gets out of hand. Yeah, the Vikings have talked about maybe they've run Cook a little bit too yeah. much and he's beaten up right now. And Did you see him carried off the field last week by two teammates? I thought he was out for the season and he sure. goes into the tent and then he starts sprinting. I'm like, maybe, maybe he's tougher than I realized. He was doing the walk that you thought he'd be out for the game. And, right. and look, you're going to play Cook when he's in uniform. I get it. But uh, check out on Yahoo. I did a breakdown of the best and worst. Actually, everybody's rushing schedule for weeks 14 through 16. And Minnesota actually, by the the special sauce that I put into it, they have the hardest rushing schedule. You're, mm-hmm. you're going to play Cook anyway. I mean, I, I don't know if there's an actionable takeaway to that other than maybe if Cook got hurt, Madison wouldn't be that great. And part of the reason why they were at the bottom of this is because they have the Saints on the schedule, and the Saints are just the last team you want to so play good. right now, yep. the way that defense is balling out. But uh, I'm a little nervous. Remember, Cook got hurt late last year, and then the replacements didn't do that much. We all thought you know maybe Mike Boone will step up, <laughs> you know, maybe Madison. None of that. That all turned into an empty window. I wonder if we'll maybe see that play out again. Adalton, have we located the Las Vegas Raiders? I did not see them show up at Atlanta. I, I think that was a, a forfeit. I'm not sure they actually played a football game. 43-6, to six, and the Falcons really did nothing on offense. 300 yards, so what? But the Raiders couldn't stop turning the ball over. Now they go to play the Jets, who are, you know, as the Steelers steamroll towards 16-0, they're the Jets steamrolling towards 0-16. The Raiders are a 7.5-point favorite on the road, and the total is 46.5. Can we get back on the Raiders here? Jets are pretty easy for me to take the seven and a half. But having said that, I, I don't like going against a team coming off its F game like last week, the Raiders, you know. And so I could see Derek Carr and them bullying this Jets team who never going to win a game and they still have Gase coaching. But I still held my nose, took more than the touchdown at home against a, a Raiders, you know, team with a, a porous defense. But uh, yeah, again, I don't like going against a team that's coming off just such a just such a such a terrible game. Isn't it just a classic case of if you accept that the Raiders are a well-coached team? And I, look, I've gone back and forth on Gruden when they hired him. I thought it was the silliest move. I thought they were hiring a rotary phone. I think he's done a pretty good job coaching the team. I, I'm willing to blame the players more than anything else for that game against Atlanta, all the turnovers, all the sloppiness on offense. I would think that leads to a bounce back here. And maybe the most obvious thing, I, I realize that like every square better in the world is going to gravitate towards this, but you get a six-point teaser. You take the Raiders down to one and a half, which basically is win the game. Although I know we land on different differentials and margins now that the two-pointer is so common and the extra points get missed every now and again. 
it used to be when you tease something down to one and a half, you almost felt like you were teasing it to even because games just didn't land on that number that often. But but still, I would think whether it's a money line parlay or it's a six point tease, I would think a lot of people would be on the Raiders. I'm going to take the Jets as far as the staff pick goes, but I, I already know. And maybe it feels like a sucker side. I just feel like the Raiders are screaming to be teased at this number. We can already write our off-season fantasy winner piece for Denzel Mims, who's going to get t- Trevor Lawrence at quarterback and anyone anyone with a pulse the upgrade over Gase. Is, that's your biggest off-season winner in Dynasty formats, Denzel Mims, who passes the eye test, too. How's your buddy Mike Selfino? Is he excited as a Jets fan? Uh, he's talking – I mean, Becton's been a win yeah. at, at offensive line, and there's still some good pieces. I don't think the defense is that bad. My question to you, Dalton, if you were the hot coaching commodity – yeah. And I'm assuming that the Charger job will be open. The Chargers have uh, very, <laughs> very mild um, fan base expectations. They have yeah. a very easygoing media. You know, where you know New York, you just get slammed for anything. The weather's better. They have a new stadium. They obviously have a lot of talent on that roster. But you know, if you win at the Jets, they'll they'll canonize you. You know, would you if you could call your ticket as a coach. Would you rather be the Jets guy, assuming they had like Trevor Lawrence coming in? Or would you rather be the Charger guy already knowing that Justin Herbert is a star and he's still on that rookie deal? What a great question. Um, I would lean Chargers just because I've already seen Herbert do it at the pro level and I yeah. just could not be more sold. And also I'm a California guy, but great theoretical question. I mean, yeah. And, and man, I'm all in on, on Mims each week. $14, I believe, in our DFS game this week. Uh, he just makes a play each week. Uh, Look like he left injured right away last week, but showed he toughed it, toughed it out too so i like him the setup there great question man both jobs are just so 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 enticing to come to a situation like that i mean if you have a star at quarterback a young star that's really all you need and and there's other other areas there that that is really going to help whoever gets those jobs i think the big point that you centered on is that we expect trevor lawrence or justin fields to be good maybe great i think we know already that justin herbert's probably great so a bird in the hand and also just the fact that life is so much easier in California with you're not getting you get it's so difficult to be in that market I mean some guys can handle it well I mean I, I, you know Parcells handled the media you know like a puppeteer but I think the Chargers job is maybe a better setup they may have more overall talent on that team too so I'm curious to see I think Anthony Lynn's a heck of a guy and, and probably a great position coach or a great leader behind the scenes but he obviously doesn't know what he's doing with some of this game theory let's talk about the Saints right now the NFC favorite and they just playing great football. Of course, they were kind of gifted a win when the Broncos couldn't play any of their top four quarterbacks last week. Now they're getting a rematch with the Falcons. They just played recently in the first Taysom Hill start. New Orleans on the road, a three-point favorite over at BetMGM. The total is 44 and a half. Do you have the stomach to take the home dog here? Yeah, in fact, I made it uh, my best bet, I believe, in a, or I'm going to. I'm leaning toward it. Okay. Staff picks right now, taking the Falcons. I think these are going to be much different. At Taysom Hill, uh, they're going to have to prove it to me, and I think the Falcons playing way better since the coaching change. Uh, Julio Jones hopefully comes back for this. So, yeah, I like the Falcons here. They're, they're the minimum on DFS, 10 bucks defense. Uh, yeah, Taysom Hill, that's great that they bullied a team without a quarterback last week, and this defense is obviously legit, and maybe it creates – some good field position, but uh, yeah, I like the Falcons as home puppies this week quite a bit. I think I do too. Raheem Morris has done a nice job with the defense. I think it's important. This is a case where I don't want to hold whatever the Falcons did on defense in the in the Dan Quinn era. I don't want right. to hold it against the team since then. And they've had a game with Hill. They've had tape with Hill. At least they'll have, I think, theoretically, a better idea of how to defend them. 
And they didn't get crushed in that game. What hurt them in that game is their offense couldn't do anything. And, and now, granted, the Saints have a great defense. And if Julio's not healthy or 100%, we, we know that's a problem for the Falcons. But I like I believe in Morris. And I believe in that defense now is at least credible. I'm not going to say it's like a shutdown defense. But they looked like one of the three or four sieves in the league. I don't feel that way anymore. So I think this is a competitive game. Yeah, maybe the Saints end up covering. But I think this game will be in question, both win and cover in the fourth quarter. The, the Falcons are sneaky tough against the run. Over the last six weeks, they've allowed like the fewest fantasy points to running backs. So I, Taysom Hill, maybe I mean, maybe he's going to run in another two touchdowns like every game he plays, but or they're going to actually af- actually have to complete some passes down the field. And um, I don't know, man. I, I, I'd like to see it first. So prove it, a prove it game for me, Taysom Hill. I know he's paying the bills fantasy-wise so far, but with some game film, uh, I, I like the Falcons' defense this week. We're both big Radiohead fans, so I have to ask you, what do you tell the the struggling Kamara police? Because he has – Taysom Hill and, and Alvin Kamara, that does not mix into a tasty cocktail right now. No, it doesn't. Minus two yards over two games receiving uh, with Taysom Hill, it's a, obviously a problem. Those rushing quarterbacks do not dump the ball off to their backs. It's just a thing. And this this rushing quarterback also takes all the goal line scores as well. So add in the fact Latavius Murray was busy last week, it's a problem. And also with Kamara's foot maybe being less than 100%, you could at least tell yourself a story that they don't want to overexpose Kamara. I mean, why, why give him any extra work than needed at the Denver game? That game was over so early. Once Fair. the Saints had a two-score yeah. lead in that game, I mean, you couldn't imagine any scenario that the Saints would lose unless they gave the game away on on defense or special teams You because know, the Broncos weren't going to do anything. So I'm nervous. I, I need Kamara on some of my teams. And you know I don't think what's best for his fantasy value right now lines up with what's best for the saints and murray looks great murray's a physical runner and the read option seems to be a play that would work better with him and hill than it would with kamara so i think there's certainly reason for concern and it sounds like breeze will be out for a while too the cleveland browns you know they're in division with an undefeated team uh so maybe they're a little bit underrepped right now they're eight and three uh baker mayfield's making a lot of commercials jarvis landry welcome to the season he looked terrific when the, the browns finally got a a decent weather break of a game. And then they did a lot of good things in Jacksonville. Man, is Nick Chubb look really good? Uh, they are big dogs this week against Tennessee and the big dog, Derrick Henry. You think this is December, Derrick Henry season. He's got a really good schedule, by the way, for the fantasy playoffs. The Titans are spotting five and a half in this game and a very high over under. I think it's too high considering how much these teams run the ball. The total at bed MGM is 44, 54 and a half. I'm going to say right now, I think that number comes down as the week goes along. What do you make of the Browns and Titans? Uh, I like laying the points here with the Titans, two eight and three teams, but with very different point differentials. I do not like the Browns uh, from playing from behind, and I could see that happening here. Um, th- yeah, Titans, once they, they get the lead, they'll bully uh, Mayfield having to throw this game, and I, I don't like that setup there. So give me Tennessee. Yeah, I think it's since week five where Mayfield had the 30 pass game. Some of those oh, wow. games were poor weather, but they're obviously trying to hide him. Chubb's terrific. Offensive line's good. I think Kareem Hunt's a good player, but I, I just wanted to say it's been. I think it's been clearly established that Chubb is the special talent, and Hunt's just really good. But he's not Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is just a, a bad man. He's uh, one of my favorite players too. I, he's so understated. He's nothing. Look at me about Nick Chubb. I'm not saying it's there's anything wrong with being proud after you score a touchdown or wanting to celebrate or whatever. That's part of the fun of the game. But there's just a style an understated style to Nick Chubb that really appeals to me. And I'm not a big over-under player. I'm going to go 
into the fantasy pros uh, picks area where you can make an over under play. And I'm going to punch 54 and a half right now. And uh, I think again, two teams want to run the ball. Well, why, how can we get to a lot of points in this game? I just don't see it. I think Cleveland, all their offensive drives need to be like 13 play drives. Oh, Cleveland will really try to slow this game down too. I'm with you with Nick Chubb, man. I was worried coming back from that knee sprain. He wasn't going to be right this season, but man, if this is him at 80%, uh, what an impressive ball carrier might be the, you know, arguably two of the three best uh, backs in football in this game. So it finally happened. The Eagles are no longer the favorites in the NFC East. I guess they're co-favorites over at BetMGM. So we're going to reach the Sunday afternoon portion of the card. And, and all the NFC East teams are on the on the road, and they're playing games you would think they would lose. We'll start with the Giants, feeling pretty good about themselves. They're, they're tied for first right now, but they're not going to have Daniel Jones, it sounds like, at Seattle. They're, they're catching 10 points at the Seahawks, a total is 47 and a half. And in addition to giving me a game pick here, I want to know because the Giants, the Eagles, and the WFT are all, I think, plus 220 to win the NFC East over at BetMGM. So it's kind of like pick your pick your poison. You know, you could even get in on, on Dallas if you want. I think they're in the 500 area or something like that. Uh, pick this game for me, and I want you to pick an NFC East champion. I don't feel super confident about Alex Smith, but I'll stick with Washington just because that's what I've been going with, and I already have a bet on them win the division. So I will I will stick with that and, and, and hope their defensive line comes through. This game, I laid the points uh, mainly because I wanted to – it's not want to lay the point that many points. Uh, sorry, Colt McCoy was my main concern here without question. But I could see the Seahawks getting into this, let's get physical and run the ball like Carroll's threatening – Obviously, don't have the greatest defense, although I have played a lot better since Carlos Dunlap trade, uh, although his health is in question here. So I laid the 10 points, didn't feel great about it. Colt McCoy is the concern here for me. Yeah, I don't think they're letting Russ cook anymore. I think they're they're letting Russ go in the kitchen and they'll let him maybe stir this or microwave that or marinate this or, you know, uh, dress up that. But he's not the he's not the complete chef anymore. And. What Pete Carroll was talking about, the Vince Lombardi formula of how many completions and rushing attempts you want that adds up to a win. And with all respect to Vince Lombardi, you know, he coached his heyday was the 1960s. You know, the football has come a long way since then where the the pass interference rules are totally different. It's so much easier to throw the ball. What Lombardi was teaching was a game that does not resemble what they play today. I, I think Carroll's and Brian Schottenheimer, the OC, I think they're doing the wrong thing if they think that less Russell Wilson is somehow going to help this offense. I mean, look, Carson's a good player. Carlos Hyde is in a bad secondary back. I get you want to maintain some balance, but I think they might be going too far with it. I like the way this Joe Judge team is playing. I've said for weeks, they remind me of last year's Dolphins team. They're scrappy. They're, they're not really ready to be taken seriously. The only reason they're in contention because the division is horrible. But look, they've been in competitive games with so many good teams. They easily could have won a bunch of those games. And I think they'll keep it competitive here, even with McCoy. And, and also, by the way, keep keep punching those Wayne Gallman props. Oh, yeah, all he does the is guy gets double-digit touches every week, and he gets touchdown at, what, five straight weeks with a touchdown? Six touchdowns in all. I never understood why they signed Freeman in the first place, where I thought Gallman was good enough to be the guy. I mean, he's been a little bit better than I expected because I guess I didn't consider that they'd buy in this definitively. But he's been a fantasy godsend. Gallman's been great. And then on the other side, it's been a little wild to me that how much uh, DK Metcalf has separated himself from Tyler Lockett. I mean, it's just been a thought those are going to be neck and neck, but it's been a, a big drastic difference ever since Lockett had that gigantic 200 yard game. I was curious what would happen with Hollister and Disley with Greg Olson out. And at least for one game, it looked like they wanted Hollister to be a thing. And the Disley wasn't a factor at all in a year where we're all scrambling at tight end. 
And look, there's Rob Gronkowski teams out there. He's he's a great player. They don't play in week 13. Carolina and Tampa Bay finally take their bye weeks. I think Hollister you know, has some value here. Thousand percent agree with you. I have him stashing a couple deep leagues with no Greg Olson. I think he could be the guy there. And yeah, Russell Wilson likes someone to his tight ends, so he could emerge. And the tight end position is so ugly right now. Here's one of my favorite picks of the week. The Rams are coming off a loss to your 49ers, and they're on the road spotting three to Arizona, who all of a sudden stumbling, stubbing their toe all over the place. The, the total is 48 and a half. I think the Rams just weren't a setup game last week. The Niners were off a bye. The Rams played Monday night. Shanahan was finally getting some pieces back. I don't hold that loss against the Rams. I don't think the Cardinals are really all that good. Murray's terrific, obviously. Remember, if they don't complete the Hail Murray, they're five and six right now. I think Arizona, they're like 50-50 to make the playoffs. I think the Rams are, are better coached. I think they have more talent on both sides of the ball. I don't like taking road favorites, but I know I can only take the Rams here spotting the three. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you here. My original instinct was uh, take the three points, but I think Kyler Murray's shoulder might be an issue. He's not running the same, and the Rams coming off a tough loss. As you said, yeah, Goff, whatever, he's a problem. That defense is the real deal. So, um, yeah, I'm with you here and lay the points on the road. Man, it's hard to watch the Eagles. I'm just glad this Eagles-Packers game isn't a Sunday night football game. <laughs> Feels they, like. did get you, they got you the cover. If you had six and a half or seven, you were happy at the end of that game. Richard Rodgers, what a nice little season he's had catching the Hail Mary on a deflection. And then they ran a two-pointer against the Seattle defense. It looked like they could care less about that, the result of that play. I mean, they're like, hey, we're going to win anyway. What do we care? Nine-point favorites, uh, the Packers are over the Eagles at Lambeau. It's a 46 and a half total. It's a lot of points. My knee jerk is always going to be to take the points in this game, but I, I'm just so tired of watching Wentz and, and watching the way they run their offense and why is Alshon Jeffrey on the field. And I, I know Goddard's played really well. Sanders is going to, you're going to have to play him for fantasy, but I just want the Eagles out of my life. I don't trust this team at all. Totally with you here. Maybe it's too obvious, but I'm laying the wood here. Rodgers, zero hits last week versus a good Chicago defense. Carson Wentz, uh, the triple crown winner this year, just struggling so bad. And it's clear they're going to you know, let him ride this out. So um, I don't know, the Eagles will probably end up winning that division. Still ugly. But man, I think Green Bay, just with the way they're pass protecting and they're coaching and uh, they, they could win easily here in another route. I expect them to. So lay in the wood. And another... Shout out to that strength of schedule thing I did for weeks 14 to 16. Aaron Jones has an outstanding strength of schedule. I know he hasn't had the workload recently that we expected, but we came off that calf problem. I think Aaron Jones could have a December to remember picking on some really good matchups. I think there's a Lions game in there. One, one of the common threads of the teams that had good schedules is that the Lions are a team you, you want hmm. to attack. And I, I don't oh, yeah. think getting rid of Patricia is going to fix that run defense. So let's get in on Jones while we can. The Patriots... I don't know how they beat Arizona last week. They threw for like 68 yards. They had a turnover disadvantage. I guess the, some Arizona plays went haywire on fourth quarter, on the fourth down snaps. And maybe Belichick, Cliff Kingsbury, maybe it's as simple as that. Well, we got another coaching mis mismatch. It's Belichick against Anthony Lynn. The Chargers are at home spotting a point. It's a 46 and a half total. I, I just going to simplify here. The Patriot, I know the Patriots personnel is nothing special on defense. I know they look horrible in the past defense metrics, but because they slow the game down so much on offense, I think they're at least making the best of it. I think, I think they get hurt less by their past defense and the metrics would suggest they should. 
the metrics say, look, you have one of the worst pass defenses in the league, and somehow they're only allowing like 20 points in so many of these games. I just expect that Belichick will do something to win this game, and Anthony Lynn, with the better roster, will do something to lose it. Give me New England. Yep, I have New England as well. My original instinct says Chargers, and then I, I came to my senses and said, why fight it? Every week I keep having the same frustrations. Last week, what a ridiculous ending sequence. They're just a comical ending. Um, so, yeah, New England, the coaching, I don't know how they will do it. And Herbert will will look spectacular again. But ultimately, uh, I feel more comfortable with, with New England on this side. You know, one thing I think I need to reevaluate is a lot of times I want to be careful when a player comes off an injury, not sure how much workload he'll get. Austin Eckler career high. was out several months, <laughs> career high in touches. So you know, there were no, they took the gloves off. I mean, yeah. they said, go ahead. Eckler play, you know, play until, until you, you know, the whole thing with CJ Spiller a few years ago, they're going to run him until he throws up. I, mean, I guess he must have thrown up on his third touch because they never used CJ Spiller <laughs> that year. But uh, they they were not handling I – mean, it varies, right? I mean, they used Mostert a moderate amount in the San Francisco game. I felt like they could have used maybe Carson more in the Monday game, but Hyde was the closer in that game. But wasn't it interesting that they didn't have any restrictions on Eckler in his first game back? And just the fact that Herbert targets him relentlessly. I, I have him treated as a top three back moving forward. I'm very bullish on Eckler. How, how was he in the schedule? I don't remember off the top of my Probably mind. Probably doesn't matter as much anyway since he's seen all those targets. He matters. You, though, hit, I guess. you hit the key point is that Herbert showed before the injury that he was going to tar- target him heavily. And he yeah. showed after the injury that he was going to target him heavily. I remember Herbert said early in the training camp, he went up to Keenan Allen and said, hey, you're my man. I got to get you the ball as often as possible. And I looked up a stat. The, since the beginning of 2019, Keenan Allen has 18 double-digit target games that lead the NFL. Hmm. A.J. Brown has one. Jeez. And, and, yeah. and to put that in perspective a little bit, I mean, Danny Amendola has four. Marvin Hall has a few. The Rams tight ends have combined for seven. And I know Tennessee is, you know, they want to be balanced and they, they like to throw the ball 30 times or fewer. And, and I get that. But, man, I would just yeah. find I, – I would just have a rule. Remember there used to be the Randy ratio yes. with Mike Tice? <laughs> you know, yeah. where it's like – I'm not sure that was necessarily a good idea to throw the ball to, to him as much as Tice wanted to. But I feel like A.J. Brown needs to have eight, eight or more targets every game. And, you know, so many times he's forced to make do with five or six. I, I guess he supplemented it last week with that with that great onside kick touchdown. You know, what yeah, a gift right. that was for his managers. But, uh, man, I, I love that Herbert identifies. I, I got some main men here. They're getting the ball. A.J. Brown taking those slants to the house. Such a, such a fun highlight every other week. Um, Her- yeah, Herbert looks great. And Austin Eckler, man, in PPR, that's just going to be a cheat code. That's going to be like uh, Alvin Kamara 2.0 down the stretch, possibly, if he keeps targeting him at this rate. I don't have a lot of Eckler. I'm already yeah. afraid of what he's going to do. He's going to knock me out of the playoffs. <laughs> you know, I'm going to have like a Kamara team and the Eckler team is going to, he's going to have a 43 point yeah, game sure. and I'm going to, going to have to write about it and have to talk about how it you ruined my fantasy season. So here's the U Austin Eckler, but uh, man, Justin Herbert, what a player, the Sunday night game, the Kansas city chiefs. We get to watch them. That'll be fun. Unfortunately, the Denver Broncos are also on the schedule. They're catching 14 points at Kansas city. It's a 50 and a half. Over under this ties to our theory earlier. You know, do you want to hang with Mahomes for for three hours, or do you want to take the heavy points, which is usually the the right thing to do in the NFL? Chiefs have not covered their last couple of games. They did just enough to beat the Raiders. I felt like they were the right side against Tampa Bay, and this is as somebody who had a Tampa Bay ticket. I felt very fortunate to catch it last week um, when they got that late touchdown, and then Kansas City kind of took their foot off the gas. What do we do with a fourteen point spread on Sunday night? 
First off, just, I just thought this about Herbert. Uh, Kyler Murray, maybe it's a shoulder, but also Belichick and his record against those young QBs. You know, he just shut down Murray and Herbert's age. I wonder if that's going to be another thing then interesting to see because Herbert looks so, so good. And it was uh, interesting to hear Tony Romo talk about how he, he did his first game and he knew immediately the stuff that's just the reads he was doing. This is a special rookie. Um, so I uh, originally have written down for my staff picks here, Chiefs, but it just doesn't feel right. You know, I mean, just the Broncos, who wants them after last week? So I think I'll just hold my nose here and it's a perfect example of what you're saying and, and hate myself going against Mahomes uh, and take the 14 points what do you think Pino I'm leaning Denver because I just you give me 14 points in the NFL and I I'm always going to do it I think the defense is legitimate I mean, what are the Broncos going to do right they're going to just probably sit back in a deep shell especially after the game Tyreek Hill just had and try not to allow 70 yard touchdowns you're going to say okay Patrick, have the patience to beat us with 13 play drives. Of course, when you have Hill and Kelsey and all the other pieces in that offense, no reason why that can't happen. What do you, Chiefs don't have a great playoff schedule, by the way. What is uh, your words of wisdom, your words of comfort for the CEH owners? Just use them. The touchdowns will come. Le'Veon Bell has not looked impressive at all. I know it's very, very frustrating, but this team that scores so many points, there'll be a, t- a three TD game in there down the stretch, I, I predict. So I I know it's it's been rough, but I- I'd still roll with the rookie. Yeah, unfortunately, it's not. Uh, a Tampa Bay I shuts have. Every, they, Tampa Bay is a horrible matchup. They shut down the run like crazy. That was, I mean, they, they, and they're vulnerable to the to the pass. So that was just a really bad setup. So, I, I mean, I get it. He's he's it's obviously not been what we hoped. Drafting him, people look crazy like me who drafted him. You know, top five, but uh, you know, he's still the lead back on an offense that's going to score a ton of points. What frustrates me for Ceh is that we thought he'd be a special receiver, and his yards per target is very low. I mean, he's I been extremely pedestrian as a receiver to the point that maybe he should just be a two down back right now. The production at LSU suggested he was going to be a star as a receiver. Uh, people I respected game film watchers said, you know, he's the best route runner out of the backfield since McCaffrey. Um, and it, he literally comes off the field in all obvious passing downs for Daryl Williams. I mean, mm-hmm. it, yeah, that that's, what's bizarre is that I thought he, maybe the touchdowns wouldn't be there. He'd at least get the, the, the rack up the catches. And that just simply has been a, a huge, huge disappointment. Scouting is hard. I mean, look at all the negatives that people want to throw at A.J. Brown. You know, some really silly things. He was lacking swagger against Alabama. He might be more quick than fast. Herbert was an introvert. McLaurin. Herbert was an introvert, I guess. Was right, what I mean. right. I mean, they didn't like the introvert yeah. quarterback, you know. Um, Terry McLaurin went in the third round somehow, um, which, God, I love that guy. We, we won't talk much about Washington this week because they, they don't have a line in their game so yet. Good. But just getting, getting to watch Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin every week. And, and even Chase Young, who really hasn't fired on all cylinders yet, but you can see he's probably going to be a special player. I'm enjoying the heck out of the WFT. The Monday night main game, because again, Pittsburgh is going to play early um, and, and probably beat the living tar out of, who, who are they playing? Are they playing Dallas? Alex Smith. Poor Alex, playing Smith. Alex Smith in Washington. Okay, so yeah. you would think Pittsburgh probably takes yeah. care of business yeah. there. The night game is the Chris Berman special. He used to, for years, he That's picked right. the Niners and Bills to go to the Super Bowl. Probably not going to happen this year. But Kyle Shanahan, what a job, man. Um, he's been playing with a injured roster all season. He's beaten the Rams twice, and I think the Rams are a really well-coached team. Traveling to Buffalo, just a one-and-a-half-point favorite the Bills are. The total is 47-and-a-half. Game's gonna this game's gonna be in Arizona, is it? This yes, is Arizona, Arizona. Game, right? Yeah. I'm sorry. I, yeah. I said traveling to Buffalo because they were listed on the bottom. This is actually the game at Arizona. I apologize for that. Oh, so let's reset it again. Buffalo travels to Arizona. 
to play the 49ers. The Bills are a one-and-a-half-point favorite. It's a 47-and-a-half total. What are you making of the Monday Nighter? Chris Berman will definitely be circling the wagons in this game, no doubt. Yeah, forcing Josh Allen, A, not, not only does he not get to come home to California, but making him revisit the scene of the Hale-Murray, too. Um, he has some drastic splits with and without John Brown. Um, not sure what that means moving forward. I think he'll be just fine. Uh, Niners are getting healthier, and worse yet, they're giving this fan hope. I mean, what? Like how They've won three games as underdogs this year. I mean, last week I did not expect that. Mullins is not great. I mean, he's actually making Jimmy G look better and better each week. Um, this should be a fun game with playoff implications. Um, I took the points, Niners plus two and a half, but um, yeah, that the spread's about right. I guess the spread's actually lowering. I think it opened around three, and it's even dropping in some, you know, to two, two, one and a half in some other areas. Yeah, I, I have so much respect for Shanahan. I have to lean that way. Um, nice to see Debo Samuel back at a, close to 100%. Nice to see Raheem Mostert back on the field. Um, just, I, I like to see Shanahan have a chance to uh, to do something with a full lineup. So I, I'm, I know it's it's unusual. They have to play in Arizona now, a couple of their so home weird. games. But no. um, just as a nod to Kyle Shanahan, I'll give him – the benefit of the doubt there. Yeah, I mean, one. again, it's not been many games. They have Debo and Ayuk both healthy, and I believe, and Mostert. I'm not even sure if you had all three of them actually all healthy, but it's going to be nice if you had Kittle and a quarterback, but still Mostert, Debo, and Ayuk. Uh, you give Shanahan's, uh, you know, some some weapons there, and man, he's he really, I mean, never, he would not get any votes, but there's an argument for Coach of the Year, down ballot votes for him, man, what he's doing with the, that what they've had to do. I mean, that Thursday game against the Packers, shorthanded, um, all the historical injuries, and now losing the maybe their remaining home games. It's really been a remarkable year, the Niners, what they've had to deal with. You're so right. He has no chance to win it. I think he deserves a lot of credit. I mean, the, the coach of the year so often turns into you know, what team did people think was going to win eight games that won 11, or if the Steelers go undefeated, maybe Tomlin will get a lot of support, which I'd be fine with. I'm a huge Mike Tomlin guy, but I don't think Shanahan will get any consideration. And yet I think he's done one of his best jobs with a, a really unwinnable hand. Again, we're not going to talk about Pittsburgh, WFT, no line, Baltimore and Dallas, the, the Tuesday game, no line there. If uh, if you are dying for some angles on those teams, you can hit us up on Twitter. And of course, we, we both think WFT and I think the Giants too are interesting in the NFC East as far as props over at BetMGM. And I don't think the Eagles are winning that division. Look at their Everybody in the, in the uh, division has a tough schedule forward, but I don't know how the Eagles are going to bail this out. I, I think they're going to not win the division. And I think they'll probably fire Doug Peterson at the end of the year. I take no satisfaction in that, but I think that team needs to reboot. Okay, let's give out some DFS advice. Let's give out some winners. This is where we, we try to find value for the Yahoo, Yahoo DFS uh, board. And uh, we're bringing producer Ragu for his pick. He says if you can get DeAndre Swift cleared in time, he loves him at $18. Uh, I, I agree, even though Chicago's a tough matchup, Swift was really spreading his wings before the injury. So uh, I'll sign off on the Ragu pick of 18 on Swift. I like Kiki Cutie at 10. And the whole point with that is that it's going to enable you to load up on other studs. studs. It's a punt play. You're just looking for him to, you know, do the kind of Sterling Shepard six catch, 65 yard game, something like that. He probably doesn't have a lot of touchdown equity, but I think you can make a profit on Cutie and then it enables you to load up because we know with DFS, a lot of it is going to be determinant of if your stars, you know, come through, if, if you got the, the Henry game last week, you probably needed the Tyreek Hill game to go anywhere. And the reason, the way you can play guys like that, maybe pair them with Patrick Mahomes, is you need a $10 guy like QD. So he's one of my picks for this week. 
I'm with you on this Houston offense there. Aikens is also the stone minimum, $10. Indy has a good defense. That just means they won't be able to run the ball at all. No Will Fuller. Brandon Cooks is just $18 in Yahoo DFS. So love the setup there with Watson, the bad defense. Uh, and, and obviously uh, the target share is going to increase for all three. A couple others. Falcons, uh, just $10 the minimum there. I think with more game film on Taysom Hill on the road, they're playing much better defensively. I think that's a sneaky punt there. And then Jarvis Landry for $15. Um, I chalked up this poor production that he was playing through this rib injury but also you know that wind those three games I, I didn't realize well maybe I underrated how much that was a factor because he sure looked healthy last week and obviously no Beckham and you mentioned that line may be too high but over under what 54 and a half so Jarvis Landry at 15 bucks I think is pretty uh, pretty enticing as well in DFS this week yeah I think that totally makes sense as far as fades go Look, Keenan Allen, I talked about him earlier. He's just the, the weekly double-digit targets. But remember, he only had 10 in the Buffalo game, and they gave so much work to Eckler. They're going to throw sometimes to Williams, sometimes to Henry. And so I think it might be a case of Allen goes from, like, these 13, 15, 17 target games, maybe back to, like, 10, 11. He's 30 bucks. We know what the Patriots do. They identify somebody and try to take him out. And I think Allen might be the guy that they focus on with bracket cone coverage. Um, some really great stuff. Uh, we, we've never been in a smarter space for reading about coverage. I've been reading a bunch of stuff from some of the film watchers. And we, we have, you know, of course, some great NFL writers like like Schwab and Ed Holm, who are terrific. Uh, Doug Farrar's work, former Yahoo guy, great film analyst, and some great stuff at The Athletic. Uh, just how you can double team a guy and what it actually means. I think the Patriots will have a good game plan for Keenan Allen. I don't think he goes off in this spot, and I can't pay 30 bucks. I'm avoiding Alvin Kamara at 37. I like Derrick Henry at 34 much more. We, we mentioned it earlier, but just minus two receiving yards, two games with Taysom Hill under center. He's lost four rushing scores to his new quarterback. Latavius Murray was extra busy last week. That might have been a game script thing. But the Falcons, they may seem like a soft defense on paper, but literally the stingiest defense against fantasy backs the last six weeks. So Alvin Kamara at that price, no thanks. I, I'd much rather a, a Derrick Henry at 34 bucks. Derrick Henry's going to run gloriously to championships this year. It's going to be unfair. I, I hope you have Derrick Henry out there because he's going to be a monster in December. So if you enjoyed this Yahoo Fantasy Football forecast with handicapping, our friends at BetMGM, we have a lot of podcasts over at Yahoo Sports. Of course, this program is a five-day-a-week program. We also have the Yahoo Sports NFL podcast with Charles Robinson and Therese Paler, who are also avid fantasy players. They do talk a lot of fantasy on that show. And, and Robinson runs a 20-team bloodbath of a league where I'm, I'm right now the second-best team on paper, and I may not have a quarterback. I uh, you know, I had Joe Burrow out. I got sniped by you on, on Glennon last week because I dared to sleep for three hours on, huh. on a Wednesday morning. What was I thinking? You got me on Glennon. So I have problems, man. I don't know what I'm going to do. But anyway, Robinson and, and Therese are great. Charles Robinson and Therese Paler do a great show. With their podcast, if you're into college sports, college football, cooking up, you know, season's almost over. College basketball has tipped off. Hang out with our buddies, uh, Dan Wetzel, Pete Thamel, and Pat Forty of Sports Illustrated, formerly of Yahoo. They've been doing their three-man thing for a while. They have great chemistry on their show. All things college. If you want to get social with us, Yahoo Fantasy, Scott underscore Pianowski, Dalton Del Don. Shout out to producer Ragu, keeps us on the air and sounding great. We have a just an awesome production crew over here with uh, with Brett, with Sully and Ragu, just awesome guys making us sound good. One more thanks to our friends at Planters. Can't beat 
canister of planters cashews on game day. Why not pick up a couple of them before Sunday? No Thursday game this week, so you're going to need a lot of nuts on Sunday. Tomorrow, Liz, Andy, podcast preview. They'll give you the rest of the week 13 slate. Until then, straight cash, homie. We are out.